Welcome to the AMC Stock Story Podcast. I'm your host, Russell Corey, and this is not financial advice, and I am not a financial advisor. This is solely for entertainment purposes, as I talk about my experiences of investing in AMC stock and becoming an AMC ape. Episode 10, AMC. The AMC movie theaters, and I have a, a special relationship um, I, I never went to an AMC movie theater before I moved to California. And I moved to California in uh, 1991. And, that, and I lived in Burbank, California. And that was the big movie theater. At that point, I think it was the AMC 12. They had 12 screens. No, no, at this point, no stadium seating. Um, and eventually they did end up building two big stadium um, auditoriums. Um, it, a couple years later, and I want to talk about my, some of my favorite movie-going experiences at AMC theaters. Not every movie, but um, some of the m- more pivotal ones. So when I f- I first got there, you know, I'd I'd see you know general movies and um, like Batman Returns. I think was one of the big ones I saw, and uh, um, but the really the first big one was Jurassic Park in 1993. Now, I got into filmmaking after watching Star Wars as a kid, and more importantly, like the behind-the-scenes documentaries that Mark Hamill would narrate. And you, and you see that this is a movie. You see the process behind the scenes, and it introduced me to that idea of filmmaking. And I know in the original making of Star Wars, they actually showed younger people... Um, and the short films they had made. And I, I, that's, I think, what planted the idea like, oh, you know, even kids could make films. And then eventually in high school, I met up with some friends that were into filmmaking and they had a camera. And that's when I, I learned from them because uh, they had the camera. And then in uh, the summer of, or fall of 86, 1986, I got my parents, they saw that I had finally, I was an underachiever. And I think when they finally saw me applying myself to something, they wanted to support that. So we we both, I put up half the money and they put up half the money and we bought a video camera. Which wasn't cheap at the time, by the way. They were pretty expensive. Anyway, and and just took off from there. But it was these Steven Spielberg movies, the George Lucas movies, that really got me into filmmaking. And I remember in 1987, I, I... the M- Spielberg's Empire of the Sun came out, and he was doing films like Always and uh, The Color Purple, and and even in 1984, the second Indiana Jones film, I, that didn't do much for me. You know, it had little kids in it, and I just at that point I was a teenager and I didn't want to see movies with little kids. And so I'm watching Empire of the Sun, and it was fine, but there was part of me that was like, God. I wish I was old enough um, when Jaws came out, but I could have seen that in the theater. Or Close Encounters. You know, one of these, you know, the traditional Spielberg blockbuster movies. I wanted to go to one of those movies. When 1993, I finally got my chance. Jurassic Park looked amazing. Trailers, everything. Looked crazy. Looked awesome. And I couldn't wait to see this film. Um, and I've, I've collected a lot of stuff when, when Jurassic Park was coming out. 
And one of the cool things I have was I had gone to Universal Studios, the theme park, uh, a little bit before the, the movie opened. And they were giving out pamphlets for Jurassic Park as if it was a real place. So that was pretty cool. I, I have some of those. Um, I wonder what those are worth on eBay. Who knows? So anyway, um, 1993, June, I believe June 11th, it officially opened, and I think they had the previews on June 10th. Of course, I got my, you know, first preview uh, um, I could see. I think they had it, I think it was at 10, but I'm not sure uh, what what time it was. I think it was at 10 o'clock they had the first preview um, screening. And I remember, like, going, having dinner, and then going down and waiting in line. Because they didn't have reserve seating at that point yet. You still had to go and wait in the line. And it was one of the first times I actually went to a theater and waited in line for a movie. And I just sat there. And I was a writer, so I just brought some stuff to write and read. And I just sat, you know, in front of the theater. And I was near the front, so I was going to get a good seat. If I wasn't, I might have. There might have been a couple people in front of me in line, but that was it. I was there, and um, and then the the movie was amazing. I was blown away, completely blown away by those dinosaurs. And it was so blown away that after that ten o'clock show got out around midnight or whatever it was. Um, then they had the midnight shows too. So they had shows at 10 and then they showed us at midnight. I snuck into the theater that was, was playing the midnight shows. And I was lucky enough. I got to see the T-Rex scene again and it was just amazing. You know, I was watched, so I watched it that first night twice. Um, pretty crazy. And then of course, like, a, I don't know, shortly after that, the, the last action hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger came out. Um, which wasn't very good. And then I, I think I did the same thing that I went to see the last action hero. And then after it got out, I snuck into the, the Jurassic park theater again, so I could see it. Um, but I remember being at that AMC and also the stadium seating and how cool that was to have stadium seating like that. How annoying was it? You go to the theater and someone sits in front of you and especially if they were taller, <laughs> And then stadium seating comes out, and it's awesome. Just awesome. And one of the other cool things about, you know, seeing movies in Burbank is Burbank, Southern California, a lot of stuff is filmed in Burbank. So when Jurassic uh, Park, the second one, came out, Lost World, there's scenes supposedly in San Diego. But a lot of those scenes are shot in Burbank, right around the corner from the movie theater where I was waiting to see the first movie so that was cool the main street there where the bus gets attacked by the t-rex that was on um i think san fernando boulevard in burbank so that was cool to see that and there's always an acknowledgement from the crowd um if there's a shot in burbank you'll hear people kind of laugh or applaud uh, one of the more famous shots in back to the future when marty mcfly is leaving doc's house in the morning and he's on a skateboard and he's like going there's a burger king and there's a car, and he, he grabs hold of the car, and he goes down the street on the uh, and, and goes away. And it's so, it's so funny. I would drive down the, this street in Burbank, and there was always something about it that seemed vaguely familiar. And I didn't. it took me a few years to put it together. And then I was watching Back to the Future, and I saw that Burger King. And, and I said, oh, wait a minute, you know, is that 
is that the, the Burger King down the street? And um, I went, I, I looked at it again. I said, well, wait a minute, there's a house right there. There's no house by that Burger King. And um, if you look at the scene when he's leaving the house, you can look in the driveway and you can see the parking space lines in the driveway of the house when he's leaving. They just put up the front. It looks like a house, but it's not really a house. It was just the front. Um, and uh, that was pretty cool. Anyway, um, I saw a lot of movies at that Bur that Burbank. Uh, started out, I think, the 12 and ended up being the 14. And then right and it's funny, like there was the, those movie theaters and right across the street from it was just like an empty lot where you could park. And nothing fancy, maybe a few businesses. Well, anyway, they did a big, you know, revitalization project. And then they built the big AMC, brand new AMC 20, right across the street from the 14. And the plan was when the 20 opened, they would shut the 14 down. And I remember the night, um, this must have been, I think, 2003, um, I'm not, or maybe 2004, I'm not sure. I think maybe it was 2004. But the, I wanted to make sure I could say I saw the last show at that Burbank um, 14. And so I, I checked and um, Finding Nemo had the last, was like the, one of the last movies starting that night. So I got a ticket for the last showing of Finding Nemo. And it was amazing watching this beautiful digital film, Finding Nemo. I had seen it before at that point. It wasn't, it wasn't a new movie for me. Um, but it was a great way to end that run and, uh, and just remembering all the movies I had seen at that theater at that AMC theater and then I walk across the street I get out and they're doing preview shows of the Hulk at the new one I hadn't planned on this but they were doing preview shows uh, across the street at the new AMC 20 <laughs> so I got a ticket for the Hulk so that night I saw the last show at the 14 and I saw one of the first shows at the new AMC 20. And I saved those ticket stubs and my old movie watcher card. And then there was an article in a local Burbank, you know, news publication of the opening. And I framed all that. And I, and I had that frame. So when all this happened, you know, I, I went back and I, I found that framed um, ticket stubs in the, my movie watcher club. And I, and I realized like, hey, you know, AMC is something special to me. And these hedge funds tried to put it out of business, tried to kill it as it was suffering, you know, during COVID. Imagine that. They didn't care about the people that work for AMC. They didn't care about me that like going to AMC theaters. They wanted to kill it. They saw a way to make money. And they were going to be merciless. And if they shorted this thing and it went into bankruptcy then they get to keep everything. And I think they don't pay taxes on that, too. I'm, I'm not sure. Correct, that I'm vaguely remembering that. But something happened. You know, the, the, the Wall Street bets, Reddit users saw what was going on, and they said, look, if we can buy this stock up in GameStop, AMC, these other stocks, we can stop this from happening. And they did. And now it's our turn to put the head funds out of business. And we'll, be as, we'll show them the same mercy they were willing to show AMC 
None. None. Now, I want to talk about a few other AMC uh, moments. Now, one of the first movies I really remember seeing as a kid and just really changing my life was Star Wars. Now, I didn't see that at AMC. That was 1977. My dad took my, me and my uh, my older brother. I was just kind of, you know, I was a kid at the time. Um, and it just changed everything after that. You know, you go to school and everybody was drawing Star Wars pictures. Um, you know, about a year later, the the toys finally came out. It took a while for the toys to, to come out from Kenner. And it, it just, that was it. You know, my whole life was Star Wars for the next six years. Um, Empire Strikes Back, I saw in Cape Cod, we were in vacation in Cape Cod, of course we were late, I missed the beginning of it, um, which happened a lot, unfortunately, my family, we were always late to stuff, but we, uh, that was pretty cool, and then I remember that summer, you know, at Cape Cod, like, everything was, was Empire Strikes Back, you know, even though we were at the beach, we, we were pretending we are on the ice planet of Hoth, me and my cousins, it was a lot of fun, and we were getting Empire Strikes Back trading cards, <laughs> and then by the time Return of the Jedi came out, you know, I was a, I was a young teenager and I I was hanging out with my friends and my one of my friends his brother actually had a car and could drive and I always remember that going out with them to go see this movie and hanging out and driving in their car and uh seeing a 1984 Corvette for the first time and we followed it to check it out and that's right when I was getting into cars which is, you know, my second biggest passion. Don't ask me to change your oil, but I love looking at cars, the styling, then uh, looking at pictures. And but um, I don't pretend to be a mechanic or know know any of that stuff. And then the other film I, I want to talk about was the first my first date with my wife. Um, we went to the the uh, Americana in Glendale, California. That's where we met for the first time, and we were going to maybe see a movie there, but we ended up not. We had lunch, and they had the movie theater there, and there were actually Pacific theaters at that time. Um, and we ended up going to see uh, another movie. And what's funny is, so we we met for lunch, and then we we're gonna um, we we're gonna separate, go home, take our leftovers, you know, to each other's uh, places, and then we were gonna meet up for the movie. We'd got, you know, the date had gone well, and we'd made plans to see. We, we originally hadn't made plans to see a movie. And after, you know, we had lunch together, he said, well, let's go see a movie today. Um, and, I, and, and we ended up, um, my, we'd made plans to see a movie or something. And she called me and I thought, oh, crap, she's going to cancel the movie. But she just changed it. And she ended up changing it to see this other movie, Last Chance Harvey, which was playing at AMC Theater, smaller one at the Burbank Mall. Um, so the first date really with my wife was at an AMC movie theater to see the movie Last Chance Harvey. And it was at that same mall AMC theater that I saw Toy Story in 1995. And how think of how Pixar has changed the movie-going industry. And I always remember going that night, like saying, oh, what's this kid's movie? I don't know. Is this worth watching? Is this going to be any good? It's going to be... Oh, like a, you know, one of these, you know, you think about the early computer animation films. I'm like, oh, I got to really sit through this. But I thought, well, I might as well. And was just blown away. What an amazing story. What an amazing movie Toy Story was. Um, Something about Mary in 1998. I remember going to the AMC theater and seeing, seeing that and just listening to people laugh so much. 
and I would go back. I saw that film a few times at that theater, and it was just, I one, I liked it, because um, at the time I was a single guy, and I was hoping I'd meet somebody. Um, so there was the, the romantic in me that, you know, liked watching it and thinking, oh, you know, I could identify with Ben Stiller, you know, and having this crush Mary and trying to, you know, hoping she comes back into his life. Um, so I could relate to that. But just the, the, the laughter of the theater, that experience of seeing a movie with the audience and knowing, and, and after you've seen it once, knowing where the big gags are with the, the zipper and, and everything. Um, but that was something about Mary. And the other thing, I mentioned Star Wars. Um, it, it was at that same AMC uh, 14 theater, this is before the new one, that, that they had the digital presentation of Star Wars. And I remember seeing Star Wars, um, you know, The Phantom Menace. And that and it was a digital presentation. That was the first digital presentation of a movie, which seemed just like any other movie. I think that's the, the biggest thing about that, was it, it was just like watching a, another movie. Um, but also... With Star Wars, I, I, they did the re-releases in '97, and I remember, and I went, and I actually went to go see those at the the Chinese theater. And sometimes I would go see them locally at, at the AMC's in Burbank. But I remember being at the Chinese theater for Star Wars, and just sitting with the crowd. I was so excited, and I did something I never ever really do. I started talking to the the people around me. Now I was a single guy, so a lot of times I was by myself when I would do things. Um, but I remember talking with, you know, other people in the row uh, before Star Wars started that people were that excited to see the movie and we're talking about our Star Wars memories and, and stuff like that. So that was cool. And then I remember being there for Star Wars and it, I kind of wanted it to be like Jurassic Park in 93. I went there, waited in line and you just, you know, waiting for this moment and again, waited hours to make sure I got a good seat. You get in and... I remember when the movie started, and almost immediately, you got that feeling of, um, am, is something going on here? I don't really like this movie so much. This doesn't, you know, this is it. This is what we waited for. And it was just that weird feeling. I'm sure everybody kind of felt that, that this was not what we were expecting for a Star Wars film. Um, but... Uh, you know, it was, it was what it was. Um, I remember, and then even though this wasn't at an AMC theater though, but I remember when we moved to Oregon and when, when, um, JJ Abrams, uh, the new star Wars movies came out then. And, you know, it's sort of, you know, that was more in line with what you were expecting for a star Wars film. So I remember that. Um, what other one did I want to talk about here? Uh, oh, and Rogue One. Um, and then, you know, I remember when Rogue One came out and that scene at the end with Princess Leia and the Rebel Blockade Runner. And it's funny, I remember being in the theater and, and getting emotional because it took me back to that moment when I was a little kid and my father took me and my brother to see Star Wars. And um, it was really, really special. So, AMC theaters and going to the theater in general. I know, listen, I'm one of the people, I like streaming movies. I like having instant access to all these films, and, it, and it's good. And for me, I have two young kids, so getting out to see a movie is hard. We either go see a family film that we all can go to, or a couple times a year, I, I, I'm, you know, I can get out and do a movie night. 
Um, but most of the time, it it doesn't uh, doesn't really happen. You know, I I see most of the stuff on video. Um, that's just the way it is with you know life with children. It's very expensive to get babysitters, and you can't take kids to see R-rated movies. So I always treasure those memories of being in a theater, especially the AMC ones in in Burbank. Um, like I say, I have a, a framed picture with my stubs and everything. How many other businesses do you have something that's framed of theirs? And this, you know, again, this was before all the stock craziness. That that was a genuine love for AMC and the brand. And I'm I'm glad that I'm sticking up for it. I'm glad that I'm fighting for it. I want to make money. I've always been honest and upfront about that. But, you know, of, of all the um, the companies that, you know, I would fight for, AMC is one of them, and I am. You know, Disney might be the other one, but I think Disney's doing fine on its own. So we'll see. So those are some of my AMC memories that I wanted to share with you. And then on the next episode, I want to share what I think the future of the apes might be. What's going to happen? What's going to happen with this group? after this goal is achieved. And you might have a million new millionaires. What's going to happen to the apes on the next episode?